Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Sorry, I'm just playing a game. (laughs) (laughs) All these visual gags that are not terrible. I'm trying to make us a visual podcast, if you can't Uh, tell. You guys want to see us on YouTube? But that's a thing. I just don't understand, like, I thought the appeal with the podcast was that you don't have to watch something. But now people want to see the people interacting. That's so much work. But then you got to, like, watching is so much more of an active thing than listening. It really is. And also... I don't want to look presentable for oh people. Oh my god, Mita. Like, could you imagine if we had to get done up every time we did this? I've washed my face. Like, I'm okay with no makeup yeah, on right absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been days I haven't showered, but been like, I just got to record a podcast today. It's okay. It's my hair is cool. pretty oily right now, but that's fine. That's fine. No one knows. Yeah. Except Ugh. now they do. Yeah. But yeah. Oops. That's Is that second <laughs> vis- that is second visual in a row? Yeah, well, you try figuring out something <laughs> that works for this. That's not like Namaskar yeah. or Hey, bicep yeah, <laughs> or true. something. I suppose. I yeah. suppose. How are you, Mita? I'm living and breathing. Excellent. Even after my COVID vaccine. Yeah, you got your second one? Yeah, so we're both we're fully vaxxed. That's it. We're what? done. <gasps> it's time to partay. Did you hear, actually, the news said today's the first day there have been zero reported cases of COVID. That's me knocking on wood. She did knock on wood. Yeah. But isn't that crazy? That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It, that's a That really is a great sign. And like the third stage is opening up. So they're going to indoor dining and movie effing theaters are opening. What are we going to see? <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to see? Are you going to actually go? Are you going to go? I, I don't know. I'm scared <laughs> I think you got to do it like a Band-Aid. And I think what the thing really is, do. you'll try it once and you'll be like, oh, this was way easier than I thought this was going to be. I definitely think I'll go alone. Like, I'm not going to go with yeah, anyone. I, I think, think that's that'll fair. be easier. And then I'll work my way. Maybe I'll go with you a second time. Yeah. And then maybe other people. Especially but... because going to the movies alone is like the biggest treat. Oh, my God. I, I miss it so freaking much. love it. When I just wanted to like not talk to anybody all i did for my job was talk to people all day yes and at the end of a long day at work i would just go to a movie alone and i would let the movie do all the talking yes and you just sit there and absorb hence why i saw knives out like five times did i ever tell you that when i saw widows and this is interesting i was i was not just alone there was no one else in the theater so good it was me and widows and it was just it was such a me nice Viola. experience. Me and Viola and Elizabeth Debicki. And Debicki. <laughs> that seems like more your kind of thing, but whatever. But speaking of theaters, isn't there a movie right now that you could have seen in the theaters if you had just waited? <gasps> yes, Nadine, there is. What a great segue. <laughs> I know I had said on the podcast I wasn't going to pay yeah, to watch Just last Black week Widow. you mentioned you weren't going to. Um, But I paid to yeah. watch Black Widow. <laughs> Okay, so here's what I, I figured. So at the time, they hadn't announced theaters were going to open yet. Yeah. That wasn't That's like fair, news. Yeah. And so in my mind, uh, where we live in Ontario, um, theaters are still closed. And it was looking like it's not going to open until like August or so. 
And so I was just like, okay, like, when can I then see Black Widow? And then I looked and I was like, okay, well, it's on Disney Plus and I have a subscription. So eventually I'll be able to watch it. But then I read I wouldn't be able to watch it until October. That's crazy. Do they think That's people really are... really long Yeah, time. like, why? Well, it's made $60 million on Disney Plus alone. Really? I think that's what I read. I think 80 at the box office and something like 60. That's impressive. Yeah. Although if you think of how much it could have made in like a full like release. In a real theater. Yeah. And so I just thought like October is a really long time and it was $34.99. And if I watch it now until October, I could watch it 10 times. So do you have to buy it? You have to buy the the, that one time price of $34.99 and then it's yours. Oh, so you are you buy the movie? It's a digital download. No, it's like part of your Disney Plus. Subscription. Oh, okay. So you pay for yeah. thirty five, and then you can watch it forever, and then it'll be for free in or like in a October. part of the subscription in October. That's yeah. a long way. And like you can watch it if you want. My sister can watch it if she wants. So I felt like that. There's like three people there who can watch it. I feel like it was worth yeah. the thirty five dollars. Although now knowing that theaters will be open and having watched it. I would really like to experience this in a movie theater. Oh, because what did you think? So, okay. I don't want to spoil anything because it did just come out this, like, like Friday. Like, just came it's out, yeah. Just came out. For the yeah, record, so this not... we are, Mita and I are very ahead of schedule right now. So you are listening to this at the end of July, but we are recording mid-July. Yeah, today's July 12th. Yeah. And so I don't want to spoil too much. I, I did like it, though. Okay. And it... I didn't have the highest hopes for it just because of its late release. Like how long it took to release? How long it took to release, but also the positioning of this movie of like where in the timeline we are in terms of the MCU. Like it just has never made sense to me. It still doesn't really make sense why you did this movie so so late. Like this should have happened years ago. Like. Especially when you have someone like Scarlett Johansson in your cast. Like, yeah. why not have her have a standalone film? Um, and so I still don't quite understand those things. But I I did really enjoy it. Okay. I had a good time with it. It's definitely entertaining. Um, definitely watch it for Rachel Weisz and Florence Pugh. I heard Florence Pugh is the scene stealer. Florence Pugh. Like, everything that I believed in came true <laughs> with this movie. She is the scene steel, sealer. Steen 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 stealer. <laughs> I'm just so flabbergasted yeah. by her. I love her so much. Um, no, Flo is great in this and like really is just like exactly what you want from that character um, and does a very, very good job in it. Everything and, I've heard and is Rachel act- Weiss really surprised me too. Everything I've heard is actually about Florence Pugh. I haven't heard a single thing about Scarlett Johansson. I think we... Okay, so this is spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Avengers endgame like get on it yeah but her character dies wait, can i spoil it dies yeah, okay, yeah. No. Okay. I, but i think everyone does know that like i think to be quite honest if you are an, an mcu fan and you have not seen it you deserve to have the spoiled <laughs> yeah and then so i think like that's why i was so i just don't understand why i released this after that like when we know going into it because it's not that i was underwhelmed but she like dies dies she dies dies okay because I yeah. know some of them die and come back to life. She dies, dies. Scarlett Johansson has said she's not going to return. This is her oh. last time playing Black Widow. So, oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Money can always yeah. be managed. Stories can be told. Yes, but she has said that this will be her last time playing Black Widow, and so like because we knew that going into it, I 
wasn't really interested too much in like her character and what was happening, especially like where this happens in the timeline, because mm-hmm. this movie takes place in between Infinity, Captain America, Winter, no, Captain America, Civil War and Avengers. And How do you keep track of it all? <laughs> it's just so, it's like 25 movies, Mita. How do you keep track of the timeline? I don't know. I I, like it's an it. honest question. Like how do, how do fa- even fans of it? It's just so many, and they they are like even you could admit they are they're all very similar. Yeah, they are, they are definitely. But I think like when you're part when you enjoy something yeah, okay. so much, you have that like yeah. joie de vivre for it. Sure. But this happens like in the year 2016. So it's like, why are you showing us this? Like, what was the purpose of this? And it it is to sort of set up stage four of the MCU, but then also, I, I don't want to spoil things. But there is a purpose to it that you have to get all the way to the end credits to oh, understand. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe I'll but watch it. I did really enjoy it. There's a couple things where I feel like they could have been perfected more, and based on the time that you've had, you should have fixed a couple of things, okay. like CGI-wise and whatnot. Like, this movie oh. should be perfection. And there's some things I was like, that doesn't look that great. You had um, a year of just sitting on this movie. Yeah. Like, why didn't you finish your homework? Yeah. But no, just like very entertaining, enjoyable. Love Rachel Weiss and Boylerance Pugh. Like very, okay. very good. I've always so, liked Rachel Weiss. She's, I think, super underrated. Super. And like, she's doing something in this that I've never seen her do before. Okay. And I like it. That's good. Yeah. And like, I just feel so bad for her and Daniel Craig because they're supposed to have these two huge movies yeah, come out. I know. And like, yeah. They're still that ho- could have been money for their kids. Like... I think they're fine. I don't know. I'm just worried about them. <laughs> I don't know why. Those, two, those, those two, two kids. Those two kids, Rachel Weiss and Daniel Craig. Hot British people. <laughs> so hot right now. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I'll watch this actually because there's an appeal about watching an all-woman cast made by an yeah. all-woman director. Like that seems, even if the movie is not amazing or up, you know up my alley there still feels like something is slightly different about this one and it touches on some interesting points like human trafficking and women's rights and jack chafer is the writer and director just the writer i, I can't think it's, remember. it's a woman who directed writer. this isn't it yeah i know jack chafer wrote it though and that's a woman is it even though her name is jack it's jac okay. um and she also wrote like a lot of the episodes of wandavision kate shortland directed this written by Eric Pearson. And Not Jack Schaefer? A story by Jack Schaefer, but... There you go. Screenplay by Eric Pearson. Okay. But Jack Schaefer did the story. And she did WandaVision. And so I'm impressed with MCU so far. I'm liking what I'm seeing coming up in this yeah. stage four. Okay. But I will say going from the TV shows to the movies is interesting as well. Like there's definitely a tonal difference. And I'm kind of enjoying the TV shows more. TV, the thing, not the, I was going to say the problem, that's not it. There's just more scope on TV, right? Yeah. Like, storytelling scope is so much larger on TV because you have time and you can t- say so much more. The difference is, though, you don't have scope. Mm-hmm. You have bigger scope on a movie, bigger budgets. I just have always enjoyed long-form storytelling more, though. Like, I've always been a TV girl. I should show you all my TV by, on DVD that I have. I find drama has, it's interesting because... I, I like comedy on TV, and I prefer drama in movie. In movie? Oh, that's fair. Because dramas I tend on television, they can go too far. They can go too long, yeah. I feel like they yeah. can... I feel like drama has to be... It has to really, like, utilize the time it's in. Like, you got an hour mm-hmm. and a half to tell a story. Let's be efficient with this. But that's why I love things that, like, 
I mean, I don't love it anymore because I don't really watch it. But like, this is us, and like, there are shows that you stopped do watching. This is, this, this is us. I stopped watching like season three. It was just too much cheese. It was yeah, it was a lot. It's too much heartwarmingness, mm. and I just I stopped. Sorry, my love and Amelia. Sorry, Mandy Moore. <laughs> Rapunzel. I I do like Mandy Moore. I do yeah. think she's underrated. <laughs> Speaking of underrated, Mita. Yeah. This week we watched. <laughs> I'm good. I'm getting better at these segues. I'm so proud of myself. There you go. We watched a we watched a the movie. We watched a you movie. We did. We watched the what year did Telvar come out in? 2015. 2015 crime drama. Can I make that up? Yeah, it's 2015. Good 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 guess. We watched the 2015 crime drama Talwar from mm-hmm. India. I am not going to call this a conventional Bollywood film because it is not. It is not. Uh, especially because it premiered at TIFF when it came out in 2015. Oh, it did? It did. Was I there that year? In Toronto? No, I wasn't. No. Do you want to give us a quick IMDb breakdown meets? I will. Alrighty. <clears throat> Talwar. An experienced investigator confronts several conflicting theories about the perpetrators of a violent double homicide. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's I it. think we should let people yeah. know that this is based on an actual murder case. So in 2008, there was a very notorious case that happened in uh, Noida, which is kind of like a satellite city of Delhi. It's a constructed city and it's kind of like a suburb, but not really of Delhi, called Noida. And Nupur and Rajesh Delvar woke up one morning to find that their daughter had been murdered in her bedroom and their servant was missing. And they instantly, obviously assumed their servant, their live-in male servant, had done it until the next day his dead body was found on the roof of their building. And this turned into a sensational murder case and is probably one of the most notorious cases in India. So how I understood it, it's like the John Bonet of India. Yeah, yes that, no. that I think that's a, like a, a fair comparison. Fair comparison. I think John Bonet. They, yeah. So, anyways, this is it. Yeah, it's a good comparison. It's a big true crime story. So this movie came out in 2015. So when I watched it, I had heard the reviews of this were like out of control. People, the praise was unbelievable for it. It's written by my favorite director. His name is Vishal Bhardwaj. He's a writer, but he also has made some exceptional films, uh, one of which we will be watching watching later this year. Uh, And it's directed by Meghna Gulzar. And Meghna Gulzar is the daughter of my, also one of my favorite writers. His name is Gulzar, and uh, he's a poet and a lyricist, and he won an Academy Award for writing Jeho, which I was featured in Slumdog Millionaire, which we talked about two weeks ago. It's all very full circle. Last week. Two weeks ago. Did we talk about it during Tangled? Oh, Tangled, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very complicated here. So anyways. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what time it is. So anyways, it's uh, the pedigree behind this, it starts with Irfan Khan, who was, um, you know, who unfortunately passed away of cancer last year, and Kunkona Sen Sharma, amongst a, a few other people. The reviews were really great, and I remember sitting down, and I had a very peripheral idea of what this was about, because the news, I mean, we we are not exposed to tabloid news from India, the way that Indians are exposed to tabloid news. In the mm-hmm. same way that, like, when uh, Scott Peterson and Lacey, um, Lacey Peterson, when that whole thing was happening, I don't think if you went to, like, India, they'd, like, know exactly what was going on there. So what kind of trickled down to us was very, very removed. 
Yeah. And so I didn't really know that much. I did know this was a big case. I knew it was a I knew it was a single homicide. I actually didn't even know it was a double homicide. And this movie kind of unravels. And it does some things that we'll talk about so well. And it kind of just unfolds and tells this story. And I was blown away by this. I was so emotionally vested. And I remember when we talked about West of Memphis, we talked about becoming emotionally invested in like a true crime case. I watched this, I finished watching it yesterday. And at the end, there's that last song that comes on. And it's like a flashback to the the moments right before she, the, the daughter is killed. Mm-hmm. And I still well up. It still feels so emotional. It still feels so raw and fresh. It's a very, very, it's a very good film. And I know Mita likes true crime. She likes hearing about <laughs> you use the word love. <laughs> I it's such a She's a connoisseur of true crime. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Connoisseur seems like I revel in it and like I don't know. I I just Mita I gets off on true crime. With that internally all the time because I know I just am really intrigued. And yeah. it's not because of the grim and the horror of it. It's just it's the mystery I like of solving it. things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually the mystery. And this is, to, in my opinion, one of the best true crime. This is a fictionalized account of the of a true story. So essentially, slight things are changed in this. I think for like legal reasons. Uh, so the names of the characters are very different, but also very the same. So the mother's name, her real name is uh, Nupur. And in this, the movie, her name is Nutan. So there's like yeah. small little they change. They changed the last names. They changed the last names. But the prime things this movie is trying to say and the prime points of this case are actually kept exactly, like verbatim as they appear, as they happened in real life. And when you start to realize, A, that this is how this tr- crime occurred and how it was investigated, and B, what this movie is trying to do, because what this movie actually does is it uses the Rashomon effect. So it essentially tells the perspective of this one crime told from that three, there's three major scenarios that the police suspect happened. And you essentially see this crime told from these three different perspectives with Mm -hmm. the characters playing the parents, playing out how they would have acted in those scenes. It's very like... And all the other people... Uh, all yeah, the other suspects. All the other well. suspects. Not it's the not just the parents, but everyone. Like, if this scene played out, this is how it would go down. And you're watching this crime take place in three ways. And so what I think is important, and we haven't mentioned yet, is that the parents are suspected of murdering their daughter mm-hmm. and their servant. And so the movie sort of follows along the inspector who's investigating yeah. this crime and looking at it from the angle of like okay did the parents do this did um servants do this mm-hmm. and like what might have actually happened so before we get into the nitty-gritty because i i have a lot to say and i want to mm-hmm. but i really want to hear what you thought of this okay so i don't i don't want to like burn your passion <laughs> a little bit i don't have that same um emotional mm-hmm. attachment to this so Going into it, I, I've heard you talk about this movie before, and I understood that it was part of, it was made based off of a true crime. Mm-hmm. But going into it, I decided not to look up mm-hmm. anything about it, because I'd never heard of it either. And going into it, I had a really, like, if I looked at this as just, like, a story of fiction, I found it really compelling and really interesting. But then, like, looking and then reading up about the actual case, I had a hard time merging the two and okay. I felt like this movie is this is sort of trying to tell me the story of what happened mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it necessarily does the best job of telling me what happened. But as a piece of fiction of like, here are all these different perspectives and scenarios of like what could have happened. It does a really great job at that. The performances are very strong in this. It's very, it's thrilling and compelling. And it's not like you're on your toes, but it's not being shoved down your throat. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's coming out right, but it, it is very compelling but then thinking about it as a true crime I kind of like was walking away from it a little bit because I felt like it was very biased and it is very biased very very biased yes in my opinion I think uh the writer and the director of this do believe that the parents were not guilty Uh of this crime and I think they show that from the get-go and so when I watch something true crime that's why I don't really like fictional retellings Uh or retellings of them because there is going to be that bias there it's so hard to avoid like I've never watched anything that wasn't biased before but if this was written as its own piece of fiction and not sort of linked up with this case Uh and almost like Gone Girl in a way which like it's clearly based on Scott and Lacey Uh Peterson but Gillian Flynn has said like oh this is a piece of fiction this is like it takes those elements then yes I think this is really masterful and brilliant. But when I think about it in terms of like, this is a real story. This actually happened to someone. Like, I, I'm a little disappointed. Interesting. So do you think yeah. it's because it, it's because it's like a fictionalized telling of like a real story? Yes. And I feel like just like when you, if you watch that Scott Peterson documentary mm-hmm. I made you watch, like that's clearly biased in Scott's part. Yeah. Because like his family was involved mm-hmm. in the making of it. Or if you had watched any of the Datelines before... It's very biased and lazy. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like it's kind of hard to differentiate what what do I believe actually happened? Like, mm-hmm. it, obviously, those questions come up because now I know it's based off of something true. Mm-hmm. But I, I, for some reason, I started off with the mindset of, like, I took away the fact mm-hmm. this was based on something and I was watching it like it was a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is really interesting. But then once I was done with it I started to read about the case and I was like well then there's this and there's that and like I didn't see this side of it and there's a lot of like different interviews of things that they might have missed out or like didn't know about and like I just felt like not that it's irresponsible it just doesn't it didn't sit right with me for some reason I'm still trying to work through those feelings so you liked it when you first left it but then kind of when you started to dig a little deeper it kind of spoiled what you had seen yeah a little bit But I also, I have a hard time, like, that's why I like true crime documentaries, because I know you're trying to present me the facts of Mm -hmm. what happened in this case, where this is a film about, and like, they don't clearly, like, I'm wondering what the promotion of this film was like, because did they clearly state, like, this is about the 2008 Noida case? Yeah. But then, uh, then I'm kind of confused as a viewer because, like, the names aren't right. And, like, I kept having to go back to the Wikipedia article to be like, wait, who's, who's who? who? Yeah. And I'm, like, trying to figure out because they changed all the, names. all the names. They changed, like, the last name of the family, which was co- confusing for me, and of all the suspects as well. And so I was trying to figure out, like, who was who and whatnot. And so it just was a little... There was a lot of confusion there. But if I'm looking at this as a standalone, I do really enjoy it. That's interesting. So I think not not to your opinion is I don't want to try to sway it. I think when I watched this and even when I watched it initially, I think what Meghna and Vishal Bhardwaj are trying to do is less. I don't think they're trying to talk about the crime so mm-hmm. much of the miscarriage of justice that took place. 
And the, That's fair. the how botched this investigation actually was, oh I gosh. think, and it's like botched. It's like really quite insane how, because I remember watching this movie, especially in the first, you know, the movie's essentially, you'd say almost broken up into like a thirds. The first third is about the first scenario. Second third is about the second scenario. Third, you know, the end is about the last scenario. So there's things that happen in the movie, because I'll start with like the experience of watching the movie. This cr- this murder happens, and when the police show up, people there's people in the house. There's people all over this apartment complex. It's like no one is nothing is being blocked off. There's it's swarming with people, and they're yeah. like making jokes. This guy is chewing tobacco. It's just like it's it it almost no protocols no were protocols whatsoever. were taken. And at one point, I was just like, this can't be how this happened. And then you realize this is actually how this happened. So, in conjunction with this, there's actually a podcast. It's because <laughs> it, it. the podcast is called Trial by Error. It's called the Arushi oh. Files, but it's only available on an, this app called Seven, which is a, a like indie music app. Okay, and it's ten parts, I think, and they're very short. They're like twenty five minutes each, okay. and it dives into this exact same case. And you hear the podcast, and I remember listening to the podcast and being like, "Wait." This movie is actually the the portrayal of what actually happened in this movie is so dangerously close to accurate. It's upsetting because you think the movie is just being a movie and being like over dramatizing things that happen in this crime. And you're like that. Well, that would never happen in real life. It effing did. There's at one point on the roof where they found the servant's body. There's a bloody handprint on the wall, for instance, mm-hmm. when they find it. The cop who found it took pictures, but there was no DNA. There was no sample taken. They it it was left in a rainstorm in the middle of in the middle of the night. Well, like here's it, the thing. they didn't find the second body until days day, later. Days late. Days late. Like I think it was a day or two late. Literally a day or two later, there was a body on yeah. the roof. This man was the prime suspect. He was murdered as well in this entire thing. And they didn't secure a crime scene. They didn't, like, take any... Like, it, it's baffling. But it happens so often. It happens so... Like, that's what reminded me of JonBenet. Because that's it's the same situation. Mm-hmm. Of, like, it was Christmas. So all of the regular policemen were at home with their families. Yeah. And it was people who weren't used to that. And, like, they didn't do anything. And they let tons of people in the house. And they let the dad find the body. Well, I mean, John... But that's the thing. JonBenet has so many things where it's hard to get away from the parents, for instance. And the thing about... The victim's name, her name was Arushi Talvar, and she was yeah. 13 going on 14 at the time. She was, oh, she wasn't 14 on... No. they so the, I think the reason they changed so many details is because... So this was done with the permission of the parents. Okay, this uh, was, that was my next This question. was done with the permission of the parents. They got... Ex- they Apparently the parents were... So the parents were in jail at the time, but they got permission through their sister... One of uh, either his sister or her sister to do this, and they actually provided writer interviewed like relatives and things it was done with their permission so again that kind of influences how things are going to look as well but yeah. i think this is a really hard one to not have a biased view on and i think that's what i'm trying to get at cuz like yeah. it's so they there there was so much evidence that was missed in this case and like it was such a botched job that the uh, that so botched. so botched that even if the parents were guilty, it is so botched. There's no way to prove it. There's no way to prove it, and there's just like there's yeah. so many things in the Indian ju- judicial sh- system that allowed this to happen. But on top of that, there are some super fascinating things about like culture and class and you know economic standards and things that like really I think played a bigger part in this because 
Nupur and Rajesh Dalwar, who were, again, the, the, the parents of this child, they were mm-hmm. upper middle class dentists. And there were, you start to realize while watching this and investigating this, how the class differences really are evident and how much class actually played a role in this. That these, mm-hmm. essentially, the difference was, did the servants do it? Or did these rich people do it? And then how the cops sided with the side of the servants because they were also lower class and they were also then, like in a lower economical bracket. If they weren't middle class, which middle class is rare in India. Like I don't real middle class is rare in it's India. Real yeah. Middle, yeah. If they weren't middle class and they were, you know, very rich, they like they're they wouldn't even bat an eye and look at them. They would have been like, yeah. oh, no, they're fine. Yeah, I, I do find that really interesting and speaks a lot to it. I've heard mumblings about the Indian police and yeah. <laughs> like how they operate. And like this evidently shows you like how crazy they are. Even like our hero in quotations yeah. of this movie has some really questionable behavior. Yeah. Um, interrogation behavior. And like at one point they because one of the policemen had done such a terrible job, they start to beat him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and I was so worried in that scene. I thought they were going to do something else to him. Yeah. And I was really scared. <laughs> A moment there they didn't do what i think thought yeah. they were gonna do but this poor man had hemorrhoids and they were teasing <laughs> him about it and they start like hitting him on his backside and just like that's normal apparently it's crazy <laughs> if you aren't indian i think when if you are indian and you know kind of how the indian system india at large how it is and the corruption that exists in india this movie isn't surprising it's it's a little kind of upsetting though to kind of see mm-hmm. that, like, because the movie isn't also everything didn't happen. It's it's this the movie walks a really tightrope, and it's interesting because the things I think you didn't like, I really liked about this. Yeah. Because I think what I really like is that what Vishal does, and fine, I love Vishal Bhardwaj, and I have liked everything he's ever made. So this uh-huh. might be biased, but let me say, I think what he does is he takes key evidence from this case and there's also evidence missing in this case but if you listen to the podcast um you you realize that there's actually quite a lot of stuff that was left out of the movie because obviously the mm-hmm. movie can only accommodate so much but he takes the big things and i this is what i think i think they're trying to talk about the justice system in india they're not really yeah. trying to talk about the murder itself i think to a lot of people it was very black and white more black and white than any i think any true crime story i've heard here Personally, to me, when I think... What do you think most people think? I think most people in India, if you think it's Scott Peterson and Lacey Peterson, most people think the parents did it. Because the media played these parents as if they were these, like, loose moral people mm-hmm. who, for the record, the big thing you have to know is that this was a closed-door mystery. Th- this is what people kept on saying. There are four people in the, that house. Two people are dead. So mm-hmm. who did it? And, like, yeah. the door was locked. The door was locked. But when you start to look into this more, you start to realize that so much crap was fed to the media and so much crap was actually fed by the police. So many rumors and like so many things were fed to the police and then the police fed them to the media and then the media fed them to the people and people bought into them right away. So in people's ear and it's kind of like Scott Peterson and Lacey Peterson again, everyone's like, well, obviously, because, you know, these certain little things lined up. So, of course, that means he did it. But and if you think about it, if they were in a locked door and there are four people alive and then two people wake up murdered, who did it? It's definitely the yeah, two Yeah, Occam's Razor says that yeah. the parents did it. That's what makes the most sense. But but then you have... Sorry, go on. No, and I'm just saying that when you actually look at the investigation, the way the, way the movie portrays their theory of what they think happened, you're kind of mm-hmm. like, 
oh, of course this is how it happened. Like when the parents did it? No, when you get to the second theory that Irfan Khan's character is trying to oh. essentially say about um, how they think that this, the, the male servant, he had two friends over and mm. that they were going to sexually assault this girl. She woke up. They accidentally killed her. The servant essentially got scared because he actually loved this girl like his own. They killed yeah. him. Him. And then they ran. And they get to that conclusion through something called a narcos test which i thought was batshit fascinating (laughs) i was just like wait is this like it's literally like in harry potter (laughs) it's truth serum it's truth serum and i was like why don't they do this in every case it's just like and that was one thing as it was happening on screen the first time i was like this can't be real and then it's it's a real thing it's a real thing they actually did this test on this mitha did you know and you don't know this that video is available on youtube what <laughs> of the 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 Krishna his real name I don't want to watch his that. real name is Kanaya but his his narco test was videotaped get this it was videotaped and then leaked on the internet two years later and they don't know by who Nadine that makes me so <laughs> mad a girl is dead yeah like if anything this movie makes me really mad because there's it should a young girl that's the point mad. like just she's dead and. There's no thought in this at all. There is no process. There's no justice. Like, I think the media... There's no justice. And the two people who suffered the most... Most? ...are being blamed for it. Oh, my... It makes me want to cry. It's actually very upsetting to watch. And this is... So this is one thing I really felt when I watched it. And when I watched it... And I've watched it multiple times over the years because I really do love this film. But even when I watched it on Sunday, I was just... I felt that. I was like, this girl is dead and these people... Like, there's this final shot, and it's done from afar, of the parents walking into the, like, jail to be essentially arrested and, like, mm-hmm. processed. And they just look at the camera, and then they just go in, and you're just like, look at the helplessness. And these are freaking actors. Right? Like, could you imagine like, Could you imagine what those two people have lived through? No, I don't want to. It's awful. So it's so awful. Unless they did it. <laughs> but do you think there's a... Do you honestly think they did? No, I don't. And I don't think there's enough. So here's the thing. I do think that John Bonet's parents are involved. Like, if I'm going to compare the uh-huh. two, because let me, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I'm going to compare the two, I do think that Patsy and John Ramsey were involved mm-hmm. in her murder. I don't know if one of them necessarily committed it, but they definitely were involved in hiding it. And there's a ton of evidence that shows that they did. Like, when you look at that letter, the way it's written, yeah. the handwriting of it, how the body was discovered, the way they behaved after the fact, they didn't want police involved in anything. At one point, they were going to be indicted. Um, and because of his his, slu- his sleuth, his power is sort of like in politics and whatnot, they were able to remove that indictment. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that they definitely knew what happened to their daughter and um and never sort of let go of that and and that and because they were so rich and mm-hmm. wealthy they were able to get away with it. In this scenario, we literally have no evidence that points to, to the parents at all. And in fact, you they find like they find the weapon in one of the servants' home. Yeah. They like I don't know why you would why they would think also did the whole betrayal thing with the the other cop happen in real life no so there were certain things that happened in in the movie that the big thing that happens in the movie is that there's 
the person suspected of actually committing the murder, and you find this out mm-hmm. later, but initially, he actually starts to feed the police theories. So yeah. that the husband, Rajesh, was having an affair with his partner in, at his dental practice. I think her name, her real name is Anita, that they were having an affair, that this husband and wife couple, they were wife swapping. There was a lot of like stuff that was being thrown out. And that. And if you watch Forensic Files, the guilty person always does that. It And it honestly, like, yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense. And then I think the thing that actually got really gross, and they don't go into this as much in the movie because I think they didn't want to address this, was there was a lot of stuff said about her. Her name of about how she was slutty, how she slept around, she oh. was promiscuous, she allegedly had a boyfriend. There were text messages. She was thirteen years old. And like thirteen year old girl in India having a boyfriend, having a boyfriend, but like she had text messages or Facebook messages that she had with a friend where she called herself a slut. Oh. There were like things that led people to think that they the family was very loose moral and she was that way. And they had this theory that she she was sleeping with this manservant who was like a 50-year-old man with this 13-year-old girl. And then the father found them in, in a compromising position, not necessarily having sex, got angry and killed them. And it was an honor killing. And mm-hmm. apparently what was revealed at this first press conference, that press conference actually happened, by the way. And oh <laughs> what was revealed at that first press conference was fed to them by the who ended up being the prime suspect. And they released that? Yeah. Like, what is this? There was, there was, I'm so mad. <laughs> there was some, like, insane crap that happened. So essentially, when that all happened, the CBI, so the CBI is the Central Bureau of Investigation in India. They're kind of like the FBI of India. They were called in to run an investigation. In the movie, what happens is there's, like, a dramatic turn where the cop played by uh, Irfan Khan, his partner betrays him, and he's kicked off the case. But in real life, they don't know what happened. They There was, it gets to that point, they found the person who was going to be the prime witness, the guy who yeah. had the stutter, they found him, yeah. he was going to do it, and then he didn't, and they don't know why. And so what happens is the case got closed, and then they bring in this guy whose actual name is Call, not Paul. It's <laughs> They like really toe the line in certain places, and then he brings in this whole theory about the like golf and like about finding them actually having sex instead of just being in a compromising position. position. Yeah. I really hate this case. So wait. Okay. So where are the parents now? Because this, so the movie ends with them going to jail. They were acquitted in 2017. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So they were acquitted. They did spend all this time in jail for a murder they didn't commit. What year did they go to jail? 2000, I think. 12 it was a while they were in jail so they spent five years in jail let me just see actually are they still together yeah they are wow 2013 so they spent four years in jail you have to there's actually so much there's it's it's hard to even talk about like we are running out of time right now there's so much crap that happened so much stuff this is my thing though it's like you and i are interested in these things so Mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna take a look and like educate ourselves about this real case and want to learn more but is every person who's going to go see this movie going to do that do you think it makes it clear enough that this that they should go do that when you watch this you said you watched it you liked it as for what it was and then you went and investigated so didn't it accomplish what it set out to do then in that sense yes i just felt dirty reading it (laughs) do you know what i mean though like i felt like oh like i felt like i was I took it as fiction and I was enjoying it for entertainment value. As opposed... It is fun. It is. It's a very interesting movie to watch. Yeah. 
And I felt bad with myself. But that's something that that's probably me projecting my own things because I do battle this internally of like, why do I like true crime so much? Does that make me a bad person? And so watching it, I it was fun. It was exciting. And I wanted to see where this was going. And then looking into it, I felt so terrible because I kept reminding myself there is a, the, well, she's 13, not 14. There's mm-hmm. a 13-year-old girl who died who didn't get to. And so, but then that bugs me that they changed the age because at the end credit, it says she did not get to see her 15th birthday. I think the laws in India... I, I've seen this happen in many like true true stories that happen in like Hindi cinema is that they, they do mm-hmm. change the names and they change slight things so that even if even though the parents have consented to this, there are people who are implicated in the uh, as being like essentially murderers that this is how yeah. they get around it. They're like, oh, but the names weren't the same and this slight detail was different and this slight detail was different. That's how they get but around then I, it. I think about that movie that came out about Carla Homoka like a while mm-hmm. ago. And people were just like outraged that they would even do this. If they had changed the names, I would still be outraged that they would still be doing it. But isn't this different in so that because I didn't see Carla, you like we didn't see Like we Carla. clearly know Carla Hamoka did this. Yeah. But. And I think he- I just feel like there's such an injustice and like it's not like I don't know if having this movie did this help the parents get out of prison? I don't know. Well, they did get out of prison after this movie came out. Like immediately. <laughs> well, the sure. movies in twenty fifteen they were released in twenty seventeen. So wh- whether that had an implicate, like I, I'm just, I'm just literally saying timeline wise, that's what happened. Yeah. You don't know. If it did, then all for it. Like good, then that's great because I don't, I don't believe that the parents had anything to do with this murder. No, and I think, but I also think we have to remember that there's a dead thirteen year old girl. I think to me, I think the thing that bothered me the most about this movie was that, again, how awful this investigation was it was truly abhorrent how this went down and how Mm -hmm. how much evidence the like plethora of like evidence that was in this apartment and how quickly it was destroyed and the like this is something that i think cops i I, cops we've talked about this right that like it's so easy like when a cop has a narrative they find it's so easy to fall they find the things that help their narrative exactly because that's what they believe that don't help them. exactly and it was yeah. i don't think that's ever been more evident than in this movie and in this case mm-hmm. and i think to me it was it was really eye opening to be like wow you could really just hate strangers that much that you want a that the police have so much power to them and like the amount of stuff that happens in this and what goes down and not by people who were bribed or paid off these are just people who acted in their what they thought was the best thing or like opinions that they held. It's so alarming how easy it was to make those changes. This movie made me sad and upset, though in in a way that I find often true crime doesn't for me. And I don't know if that's just because they're Indian. Mm-hmm. I think this movie accomplishes what it sets out to do, which is I think what very few crime true crime really does. Makes you feel makes you feel angry about something that's fair i think it sets out what it's meant to do but then i i was left with some other emotions yeah for sure attached with that which i'm not comfortable with oh emotions plus it's cancer season the new moon is in cancer (laughs) there's just like so much going on right now do you have any sequel prequel ideas i mean i would like to know about their release and how that went and what that's like so i would like them to make that sequel Mm -hmm. But I, I want a documentary about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want a fictional no, tale no. of what it was. I think yeah. the fictional tale works only because 
I think the the Rashomon style filmmaking, like this different mm-hmm. same same story, different perspectives thing. What I hate in true crime are reenactments. Yes. Whereas in this, because it's all fiction, that's pro- that style of storytelling works. Mm-hmm. It's a it's weird, right? Because if they had used those same things, hired actors to do that and shown that, I would have been like, "Ugh, this is so cheesy." But in this movie, it felt so fascinating to watch. Yeah. Did it not? Well, yes and no. I just I really don't know why I'm battling this so much. I feel bad. Like this was almost like. Do you feel bad that say... you, that you liked it? Yeah. I was going to say that I was going to save this for my review, but I was going to say that it's almost too much true, true crime. Like, it's too true. Really? It really is, like, gutting me. I don't know what. I, I think she's just so young and, she, like. You've interesting because we've yeah. talked about, we're going a little over here, but I, I think we've talked about true crime so much. And this is the first time you've had this reaction. Why is that? There really is no justice. And typically the. I don't love, I told you when we were about to watch this, I don't love unsolved ones because mm. I feel like there's no, and as bad as the sound, because there never will be closure mm. in somebody's murder, there isn't like sort of those loose ends tied up yeah. and you have something. And like, to be honest, like I know what I believe, but I don't have any definitive proof either because they messed this up so badly. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that like, I don't think they'll ever be able to prove who did this. And that just is what's really upsetting to me that it's still going to be considered an open case just b- is it considered an open case or is it no considered it's, closed it's pretty and they much done at this acquitted? point if they're acquitted yeah especially because i i actually was able to listen to the podcast in the time frame that after i watched it just to be ready for this and the podcast host who by the way her best friend sorry her sister was arushi's best friend so that's oh, wow. how that's that's her connection. And she knew a little peripherally the parents. Yeah. She says in this case, the prime suspect or the person who should be behind bars could be anywhere in India. And it's probably just changed their name because it's that easy in India. They don't know where he is at all. He was, they have no idea. They have no clue. And this person probably changed their name and they're they've they're gone amongst a billion people. They will never be caught. That makes me want to cry. And that's, I think, the point. I'm just very emotional right now. I'm going to go into my rating and then we'll go into your rating. Okay, good. <laughs> I honestly think this is an exceptional film. I really do like this. And it's what it's actually a movie that I recommend to a lot of people when they're like, oh, I'm looking for, I want to watch something. I want to watch something Indian or I want to watch something, you know, interesting. I'm like, you should watch this foreign film. It's really good. It's really worth your time. It's fascinating to watch. It's such a well done film. And I, if you like true crime, I actually find this very digestible because I think a lot of people do documentary can get a little boring sometimes because mm-hmm. the facets of life are just not interesting. And so what this movie does is it tells you a real story and tells it to you in a narrative fashion. So when the CBI's first case falls apart and there's no reason to do that, that's a boring plot point in a movie. So you invent a little bit of fiction to move on to the next thing and it keeps things rolling. But the facts remain the facts. And I think it, it really works two worlds very well. It tells you a facts-based story in a fiction world, and somehow it all works. And there's, like, little things, like, I remember watching that sequence when they go to have her cremated, and the priest is asking, what time did she die? And they, they can't and they say. That's so, like, heartbreaking, just to think yeah. that, like... You know, and that ends up being such a thing that, like, while well, you said it was too... It becomes evidence. Yeah, that, like... Evidence with air quotes, guys. Yeah. 
like. But yeah, well, it says here 2 a.m. How did you know it was 2 a.m. if you didn't do it? And it's like, well, they wouldn't cremate her unless we gave it time. It yeah. yeah. But such like, I find the movie articulates the parents' feelings so well. And yeah. you really understand what these people went through. So I think this movie accomplishes everything it sets out to do. You feel angered at the justice system. You feel hurt for these parents. And you feel really sad for this girl who Mm -hmm. lost her life in all of this. And there's no justice for it. And there never will be. And everyone knows it. It's such a sad thing to watch. And I think the emotions and the way the storytelling works, the acting, this is there is not a false beat in this film. I really do like it. It's I wouldn't call it flawless. I think there are flaws in this film. But I really, really highly recommend this, which is why I give it four stars. So, like I mentioned, I had a hard time separating the true crime from the fiction, Mm -hmm. which I guess is is the whole purpose of this is that it is a fictional story, but it is based on a real story. But all the facts are the same, but the names are changed. And I think I just had a really hard time wrapping my mind around that. Mm -hmm. And so looking at it as just like a fictional story being presented to me, I I do think it really hits the mark on a lot of things. The performances are strong. I love a lot of the direction that they've taken. And the way they tell the story from all those different perspectives is very interesting, especially when you're somebody who enjoys true crime and enjoys investigations. It is important to look at things from all different angles. It is still very biased. (laughs) It's clear what the filmmakers are trying to say in this. And so I I think um, maybe they could have done a better job at kind of showing all perspectives um, and really emphasizing the other side of it as well. To your point, you keep bringing up the media and how they played a part in this. I don't think the movie does a great job at pushing that through. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really strong point on your end. And that's all things that you brought up from your research. And I think that that would have been maybe something that they could have honed in on a little bit more mm-hmm. because it does play a really big part, especially in in, in India. But I, I walked away with a lot more questions, which I think was their point. Mm-hmm. They want people to look into this and to investigate. And so I did. But I, do, I also know there are people there who probably wouldn't care to. Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of what I've been battling of like, yeah, like I'm so emotionally invested right now. And I feel like sick to my stomach with it <laughs> because like there's just no justice in this situation. And it makes me very upset. And then there are people who are just going to walk away with this and be like, oh, well, like, I guess yeah. the parents did it. Like, yeah. what? No, like we need more. And so I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Because I, when I think of it on a scale of 10, it's seven. like seven fits well there. But it is a very, it is a good film. It is a well-made film. Irfan Khan is, is really great in it as well. And so are those small scenes with Dabu. We didn't talk about Dabu. Oh, right. Yeah. There's this it's whole... just gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. There's a yeah. bit of a side plot with the main investigator played by Irfan Khan and how he's going through a divorce with his wife. Yeah. And it's just a very, like, beautiful little love story that's kind of interwoven in about his personal life falling apart. At the same time. But one thing mm-hmm. I want to ask you before we move on. Yeah. We've talked about this, about the need for being unbiased. And I mentioned how when I watch a documentary, a documentary needs to be unbiased. Does a mm-hmm. fictional film need to be unbiased, though? And no, do you feel doesn't. do you feel like a documentary needs to be unbiased? What's your opinion on that whole idea? I do think a documentary needs to be unbiased. I feel like you need to be able to see all sides of the situation. Mm -hmm. That being said, I've never watched a documentary that's unbiased. And I don't know how you would make one that is unbiased. I think it is impossible. So is that expectation unreasonable on both of our like expectations of what we expect from true crime then? Yes, it is. But I'm okay with having unreasonable expectations. (laughs) I think 
I wish there was somebody out there who could do it, who yeah. could really show you all the different vantage points. Sarah Koenig. <laughs> she doesn't meet the... Does she, though? You and I, I firmly believe she believes he's innocent. I think she believes he's innocent, but of but every, she does show all. I this. think of every true crime I've ever experienced, she's the only person to give even kind of an unbiased view. Let's get her on this. Let's case, get her on this case, Sarah. Serial <laughs> season four. Yeah. It is a fascinating case. Yeah, make a good series. Actually, I think that would be really interesting for yeah. her to do. Huh? Maybe we contact her. <laughs> that is a great point. That. You know, it's nearly impossible yeah. to do it, to see something from all the different perspectives. And it is a high expectation, but when it comes to things like true crime, that's the expectation that I want from people. I want I want to know everything so that I can come to a conclusion myself, especially when it's open-ended. Because I do prefer the closed-ended cases. Do you think part of the appeal of the true crime is the bias, though? I think it depends on what you're looking for. Like, there are people out there who love the Nancy Grace of it all. And, like, yeah, they're going to want the biases. But when I look at it, I really like, like, the detective work that's done to kind of get to the results, the actual investigation itself, the psychological aspects of it, of, like, why was this crime committed? Why would somebody do that? Those are the things that I like and what I look for in a, in a true crime story that I would like to divulge into. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was Delvar. That was Delvar. I did like it, though. I feel like you feel like I didn't no, like I it. No, I think but I did. <laughs> your three and a half stars cements that you did like it. That's a pretty I did like rating. it. Yeah. I think it is. It's well written. It's well performed. I just I'm very muddled right now no, with emotion. I think it's such a and I completely actually understand where you're coming from with that. I think. I think we actually have the same feeling. I think how we mm-hmm. feel about that feeling is different, though. Yeah. Like, I think that I bothers like you more. And I think for me, I'm like, I think I watched something incredible because I feel that way. Mm. I think I watched some... Maybe I'll get there next week because the moon will be somewhere else. <laughs> you were really blaming the moon a lot today. The new moon is in Cancer. That means we're all in our fields right now. Oh, God. Okay? Before... I am a Cancer. So there's just a lot of emotion and a lot of sensitivity. Before Mita turns this into an astrology podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait. I think it's time to play. <laughs> Different characters. Same world. Okay. Okay, Nadine. Yeah. It is my turn to challenge you. Yes. So our movie for next week is a very different tone. <laughs> Just letting you know, because I told you the summer is keeping full of it light. Light summer affair okay. for you. They are all characters from movies, okay. so no directors, no producers, no TV shows. Okay. okay. So the characters' names are Polly Bleeker, okay, Fuller McAllister, oh God. and Becca. Okay. And your timer starts. Now, yeah, Becca is Anna Kendrick in Pitch Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Fuller McAllister. These names are so familiar and I'm so annoyed because I feel like I know. You know Fuller McAllister. Who's the other one? Polly Bleeker. Oh, who is Polly Bleeker? This is going to annoy me because that name, I'm. It's good, that's going to piss me off when, I rem- when it comes back. <laughs> 30 seconds. With Anna Kendrick. Fuller McAllister. I really need you to concentrate on that one. That one I think you're going to get really mad if you don't know. Fuller. Fuller. I, really day, Mita. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Fuller. Oh, with Anna Kendrick? 10 seconds. What have I seen with Anna Kendrick? 
Is it a simple plan? Or no. no, you know I've seen that. What is that? Oh no, a simple plan is something else. A simple favor. But you know oh, I've no, seen that. No, no, it's not. But you're at the minute. Okay, so give me the names, <laughs> okay. and I'll get probably guess the movie now. So Becca is Anna Kendrick in yeah. Pitch Perfect. Fuller McAllister is Kieran Culkin in Home Alone. Oh my god. <laughs> He's the cousin. Fuller yeah, with the yeah, bed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and then Polly Bleeker is Michael Sarah in Juno. Oh, I have no idea. Michael Sarah, Kieran Culkin, yeah. Anna Kendrick. What am I watching? We're watching Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, I did not realize yeah. Anna Kendrick was in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Okay. This will be interesting. Here we go. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Okay. Which I feel it's like it's like a Canadian film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's a pretty Canadian go. film. But yeah, that'll be yeah. fun. Mitha takes a quick left turn away from like serious true crime. <laughs> I don't, can't handle the emotions no more. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to pick something super serious for next week. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are already in August, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Summer's almost over. <laughs> it's weird because it's July 12th for us, but I, this episode is coming out at the end of July, so. It's July 12th, and I'm literally sweating in this room Oh, my God. Right it's now. so hot, Mita. And I can't have the ceiling fan on. Oh, I'm sorry. You can turn it on. How's your closet? You can turn it on in five minutes. I'm going to okay. open the door, and the air conditioning's just going to, like, run in. <sighs> but before we both melt, Mita, do you want to give us uh, some parting words? The next time there's a murder and a bloody handprint, be more careful. That's a great line, especially because it kind of encapsulates the entire movie. Entire yeah. case. Entire case, entire movie. Usually the lines from Hindi movies, we have to like find something. We have to like make do. But that one, I'm actually like, no, I like this. I like that yeah. line. It's good. There you go. But thank you so much for listening, friends. That was Dalvar. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Have a lovely Woo! summer Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. रोशनी जो होती है लगता है वो जिंदगी